0: Good morning, church. Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. As every Sunday, we are excited to be here with you to enter into the presence of the King of Kings this morning, Almighty God. Um, Jason, uh, Pastor Jason and I were up here just having a little powwow, like, what has the Lord been speaking to you about this morning? Um, and we don't often do that. Um. Uh, But there's been a theme over the course of the past week or two, and my conversations this morning, and our time together with um, our care leaders last night, and there's this conversation about obedience, and the word that Pastor Jason has heard this morning is sacrifice. Sacrifice and obedience kind of go hand in hand. But the message, the message of, of kind of the Holy Spirit that has been these past few weeks, he's really been hitting home that sacrifice and obedience, there's a precursor there, and it's love and trust. You know, our children are some of the most obedient children in our home. They are they're joy to us. But I'll tell you what, they obey because they love us. They trust us. And you want to know why? because we respect them. We love them. We're gentle with them. We correct them for sure. They're not in charge, (laughs) but we're gentle with them. And so we want to be a church of obedience. We want to sacrifice for the King of Kings and lay it all down. And the way we do that is by trusting that he is who he says he is. And he came for us. He came for us and he did it for love a love that has no bottom it has no end there's nothing that can separate us from his love so it's a big message this morning it's like this big comprehensive picture for us this morning and the lamb with the crown I love that right like that's the first time I'm seeing it I, right Sid probably sent me an email said hey check this out and I didn't open it but I love that it's a whole picture I mean, that's just the way it rolls sometimes eight kids you know and pastor of the church I love it It's a whole picture. Love and trust leads to submission and obedience and sacrifice and surrender. It's like this perfect picture. So as we enter into God's presence this morning, let's do it with all of that in mind. It's a complete picture. It's a wholeness. It's the wholeness and the fullness of the blood of Jesus this morning.
1: Amen. Well, stand with me. Uh, We're going to do a call to worship together. And before, before I read the call to worship, I just have this scripture that the Lord showed me this morning out of Luke 22 starting in verse 41 this is Jesus in his final week this is in the garden as he's praying and he says he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them and knelt down and prayed father if you are willing take this cup from me yet not my will but yours be done not my will but yours be done And as he prayed and as he said those words, the the next scripture says, And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. So when we come in this attitude of submission and surrender to him, not my will, Lord, but your will be done, an angel came and strengthened Jesus. Can an angel not come and strengthen us as well today? Yes, he can. And that's my prayer in our heart for us this morning. So just bow your heads and just... Hear this call to worship this morning out of Revelation 15. It says, They sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the saints. You shall not fear... O Lord, the God, glorify your name, for you alone are holy. He alone is holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your sacrifice on our behalf. We thank you for this holy week that we're beginning, Lord, that we would just lift up the name of Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Father, when we do that, when we surrender our will to yours, Lord, that you will minister to us and there will be joy unspeakable on the inside that can only come from you. We thank you for it in your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's worship.
0: means save us now oh, oh lord save us and so as we come to the communion table this morning it's just the cry of my heart save me oh god today and tomorrow again and again and again again and again and again god i choose to step into the washing of your blood the power over sin and death. As we come to the communion today, table today, we partake of the body and the blood of Christ Jesus.
1: That was says in John 6, says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. We come to the table this morning, his body broken, his blood shed, his sacrifice that he made for us. And we remember that this morning. The Bible says, as often as you do it, off with Palm Sunday, this holy week. I just want to take an extra moment this morning and just reflect on this week and what it means to us. So just take a moment and Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed he took the bread When given thanks he broke and he said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me let us partake in the same manner also, took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake. Father, we just thank you. We worship you. We give you praise this morning. We celebrate you, your name, your goodness faithfulness, that you are the great I am. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, stand with me as we continue to worship. Uh, We're going to do a new song this morning that I don't believe we've ever done here on a Sunday morning. It's called King of Kings, and I've been so looking forward to this. So just worship with me, worship together as a church family to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: rejoice and to weep, to cry out. Everything we do is a reflection of who he created us to be. And I'm just so thankful this morning for Jesus. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that he...
1: this time of worship. I just want to read out of Acts chapter 1. It's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end so, Lord, we do praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Godhead, three in one, we worship you this morning. We're thankful for your sacrifice, and we surrender all to you. We surrender all to you. Not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. In your precious name we pray.
0: This time of greeting, God's not finished with us yet this morning, guys. There is more. I feel it. I'm like, Lord, do we need to wait? Just know He's not. The Holy Spirit isn't finished with us this morning, or church. He's not finished with us this morning. As we go into this time of greeting, if this is your first time here with us this morning, welcome. On the back of the seat is the connection card. That's a place where you can tell us that you were here for the first time. Give us your name and your email, and we'll pop you out a, a welcome email. Uh, praise reports, prayer requests, and testimonies uh, go on those cards. And then the offering buckets are up here for you to bring your tithes and your offerings and your giving to the Lord and also those connection cards. Um, if you have kids, kid corner bags, kid corners open during this little break. If you are a guest, I have special bags for your kids. Family room is open for families. Nursery is open uh, with people in there just ready to love and care for your child and play with them. Uh, your baby 0 to 3 um, and then lastly again we don't usually do this from stage but Natalie Joe is here Natalie Joe Rodney is here she here she's here she is 6 days old the Holy Spirit moved with power last week on a, with a word that I'm telling you was powerful and it was from heaven and she's here she's 6 days old church don't touch her okay let me just tell you something don't touch the baby pray for me. If you've got to touch a baby, if you feel like you're, you're, you have that relationship and you're that close, touch your toes and nothing else. And then last thing, and like, I've never done this from stage, but I, this is just going to feel so good to say. I've had so many babies in the church. If you wear perfume and cologne, you smell good. I mean, you smell good and we love it, but it's babies. Not so much. They have little lungs and little noses and that heavy perfume and that heavy cologne while it's awesome for the rest of us is hard on babies and their little systems so if you're a perfumer and a cologner just you know touch the toes like this hey baby and just let her have that pure air just for a few months maybe six months or so while she's just getting used to breathing um boy is there anything else as a new mom that just was like my pet peeve coming to church with all the love we love the, the moms, we, they love the love. They need the love. They need the support and the babies need the fresh air and to just be touched on their toes only. Um, so yeah, Natalie Joe is here and we rejoice as a church. We rejoice as the big church, as a body united with other believers that a powerhouse in the spirit of God has been born to join to join all of the other powerhouses of the Spirit of God that are already here in my family and your family and on the stage and in the pews. So, praise God his church is growing organically and powerfully in Jesus' name. Let's greet one another. Okay, church. It's time. Let's talk about it. When Lila was little, she's 15 now. I always tell a little story while people are getting settled. We would put her to bed, and every night we would do talk about it. Let's talk about it, Mom. Let's talk about it. And I'm like, okay, Lila, what do you want to talk about? And every night I want to talk about pizza. I want to talk about pizza every night. Let's talk about it. I want to talk about pizza. So she's her father's daughter. Okay. Now, see, I just tell a little ditty while I'm waiting for everybody to get settled. Um, and Lila's somewhere listening to me going, ugh. Some announcements. Um, Stations of the cross. As a church, we're going through this devotional together. Um, Sid is posting on Facebook and possibly Instagram each day, the devotional that goes with that day. It culminates with Good Friday. I love this. I love this because I love the celebration of Easter Sunday. I love the emotion of this week. I love throwing myself into it like without reserve. Um, so I encourage you, if you did not get one of these booklets, if you weren't here last week, last week we uh, did a seat drop, it's called, we dropped them on the seats, so it's, it's almost like a, take this, with an exclamation point. <laughs> this week, they're on the back table, so it's like, a uh, here, this is for you, you know, period, um. So when there's something on the seat, it's something we really want you to have. So if you didn't get one, they're on the back table. I, I recommend you get one and, um, and, and just go through it. It's, it's a wonderful walking through of the last week of Jesus' life leading up to the cross. On the back uh, are my next announcements. Good Friday service is uh, Friday, obviously, April 15th at 6.30 p.m. at Erie First Assembly Church. Erie First is hosting this service. It's a multi-church event and listed on the back of here and up on the on the slide are all the churches that are participating. Abundant Life Church of Erie, Adventure Church, East Erie Assembly, Erie Christian Fellowship, Erie First Assembly, Family Worship Center, Grace Fellowship Church, New Beginnings Church. Jason and I have been partnering with some of these local pastors and The spirit of unity that is among us is exciting, and it's awesome, and there is power like brewing and building as we pray together, and as we um, seek God together for the Church of Erie, for one church. Um, So that's exciting. I really encourage you on Good Friday uh, to come to that service, and then uh, Easter service is here uh, Sunday morning, 10 a.m., and um, it's just going to be a celebration service, it's going to be powerful. Uh, I, I was just thinking this morning, I just might not wear eye makeup because it's going to be a waste of time. Just going to, yeah, really, thank you. It is a good idea um, because I'm just going to celebrate, and I celebrate often out of my eyeballs. It's just how it happens, and that's okay. So, Easter Sunday is here, um, and I believe we're going to have some coffee cake, pound cake, coffee. These are the things I'm working on this week. So, I'm thinking that might be available to us after church. Even though we have Easter dinners to get to and stuff, we can still grab a cup of coffee and just love one another a little bit, fellowship together. Um, The last thing I want to talk about is we sent out an email. Jason, Pastor Jason and Sydney have been working hard on um, our email process. If you did not receive an email from us that said upcoming events, exclamation point, if you didn't get that email, that means we don't have your email or we might have an old email, um, or it went in your junk email. So check, check that out. First, check your, if you didn't get it, check your junk, um, and then you, you know, move it to your inbox, and then somehow maybe it'll know for next time. We sent it on Tuesday. Um, if, you, if it's not in your junk and you didn't get it, fill out a connection card um, and stick it either in the offering buckets or in the box to the left of the door and say, I didn't get the email, and have your email on there, and we'll get, it, get you on the list. And that's what I have.:
1: uh, We also made an opportunity um, to go to our website, and then you can sign up also on, on our website. So just go to our homepage, and you know just scroll down a little bit, and there's a link there where you can also sign up uh, for the email. So I think we sent out Tuesdays, that right? said I think Tuesday morning some point in time so you know when to look because if you're like me and you get a lot of emails and you get a lot of emails that come flying in you got to know when it was sent so you have a shot to even find uh if you got it or not so okay i'm gonna uh i feel led to pray for the luskies this morning who are missionaries that we sent off to japan um and so i just want to let's can we just pray for them for a second uh i don't know why but i just feel like we should pray for them Uh, They're, of course, probably 12 hours ahead or whatever, uh, but let's just pray for them this morning. Heavenly Father, we just lift up Brian uh, and the Lusky family to you right now, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that they are committed to do your work, Father God, as a missionary to Japan. Lord, and we know that the the percentage of those who know you in Japan is so low, Father God. So, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, you're opening up doors for them, that you are keeping them safe and supernaturally protected, Lord. Heavenly Father, and that you are just giving them the anointing to minister the gospel, Father God. To every area of Japan, you are building a team of people that surround them, Father God, just to bring forth your goodness and your faithfulness to that country. And so, Father, we thank you for them in your precious name. Amen. Uh, I'm just going to do a quick scripture on offering here out of Matthew 6, uh, verse 24. It says that no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, or God and money. Um, And so for me, it's like I got to remind myself all the time, choose this day whom you will serve. Yeah, Choose this day whom you will serve Me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord And I want to serve the Lord in every area of my life Including my finances And I don't know if some of you might be like me Some of you maybe don't think about finances ever But I don't know if it was how I grew up or whatever But I constantly have this thing like I'm thinking about finances I'm thinking about this or passive income Or retirement funds or this or that And the Lord continues to tell me over and over and over Don't worry about money He told us that in 2010, this is 12 years later, he still says the same thing to me, don't worry about money, trust in me, he says, trust in me, trust in me, and I'll tell you what, I'm human, and so sometimes I forget that, and I miss that, and there was a, it was about a week and a half, maybe two weeks ago, man, I was doing all sorts of worrying about money, I was, I'm just being honest. I was, and I was just like, man, I think about this, and what about that, and I got all these kids, and I got this stuff, and Lord, what about this, and what if I write a book, and what if I do, I'm like, wow, like, I am all over the place, not Holy Spirit-led, I'm just like, boo, right, carnal mind, my thoughts are going everywhere, and Ryan sends me a text. Now, Ryan doesn't know, this guy right here, he doesn't know that the Lord spoke to me specifically, don't worry about money. Right? He has, I have not shared with him, you know, challenges or struggles in that way. And out of nowhere, Ryan texts me and says, hey, Pastor Jason, I feel like the Lord is telling me to tell you, don't worry about money. And I was just like, whoa! I was like, thank you, Holy Spirit, Ryan. Thank you for hearing from God and sharing it. But it was just like, boom! And so I'm reminding you this morning, church, worry about money okay it doesn't add a cubic to our life it doesn't make you any taller I know because if I worried and it made me taller I'd be like seven foot tall and as you all can see I'm not seven foot tall okay so worrying doesn't help anything trusting in the Lord putting our trust and our hope in him for all things for all things that's where we reside amen And when we slip off that part, we got to remind ourselves to bring it in. And his word is so good to remind us. And he brings the Holy Spirit to remind us. And he surrounds us with people who also hear from the Holy Spirit sometimes to remind us and to speak into our lives. Amen? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord. Lord, that we will not worry about money. We will trust in you, Father. We will not serve money, but we will serve you. Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that we are just distribution centers of everything that you've given us, Lord. So lead us and guide us in that. Father, we pray a blessing over every gift, every giver this morning. And Father, as we look at your word this morning, that you would just open our ears and our eyes to see you more clearly, who you are and the plans you have for us, Lord. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Okay, open up your Bibles to Matthew 21. I'm going to spend some time in Matthew 21. We're going to start at the first verse and work our way down a little bit and because if you didn't know today is Palm Sunday and it kind of came up how many felt like it came up a little quick I mean I don't know about you I think it's late this year than normal but still it came up quick Uh, maybe because it's like snowing outside right and so you're just like well I'm waiting for spring to come for Easter hey guys it's next week Easter Sunday is next week, so I feel like Palm Sunday came up a little quick on me, Uh, but I want to look at Palm Sunday. I want to look at what the Bible says about Palm Sunday. What does it mean? In general, guys, Palm Sunday is the Sunday before Easter, and it's when Jesus enters Jerusalem, enters the city, and it really kicks off his last week of ministry. And I don't know if you know this or not, but of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, One-third of those Gospels are written about Jesus' final week. Think about that. One-third of the Gospel, if you combine them, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you put them together, one-third of those Gospels are all about his final week. This week. This final week of Jesus' ministry. And you also have to go back and look. In John, it says that he says this, and you don't have to turn there, but John 25, I don't think I have it up there. It says this And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. He only ministered for three years. And that much impact in just a short amount of time. And we're entering into this final week of Jesus' ministry on the earth because his ministry still continues. Amen? His ministry is still continuing. And I just want to look at the kickoff of that week and what it looks like. So we're going to look at the story according to Matthew, starting in verse 21. And as I read the beginning of this, I'm going to pause periodically. And I think I've told you guys this before, this expository preaching, this I read a scripture and then I stop and reflect on it, every one of you can do this. Yes, the Lord has anointed me to do this, to preach and to teach the gospel, yes, I get that, but as you read the Bible, it is a living and breathing, inspired, infallible word of God and it is alive, which means when you read it, it will speak to you. It'll speak to you, and you can read the same passage over and over and over, and every time the Lord just ministers something to you. So I encourage you this week to grab that Stations of the Cross and look at at those, read the scriptures that are there, read the devotional, read the Bible through with us, whatever it is, because the Lord ministers through his word so powerfully. Okay, verse 1. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied in a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. Now something we need to understand is that Jesus came into Jerusalem on a donkey. And what a donkey represented in that day, what the donkey represented was Peace. And I don't think they understood that or they knew that or they quite grasped it because what they thought, what the people of Jerusalem thought, that he was coming in as a reigning king, that he was going to conquer the whole city right now. And we know if we read Revelations, Jesus will do that. And he will come in riding on a what? Not a donkey this time, but riding on a horse. And so it's so interesting that the thing that he is riding on into Jerusalem on is a representation of peace, of peace. This is what Jesus, and this was prophesied long hundreds of years before it happened. He comes in riding on a donkey that represented peace. Verse 3, and if anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. Verse four. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, "Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, humbly, peacefully, sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey." And the reference there is out of Zechariah nine verse nine. And what I'm always, I'm always so, and we talk about this at Christmas. We talk about this at Easter. The number of prophecies in the Old Testament that point to Jesus and his ministry and things that happened in his life are hundreds. There are hundreds of them. And the probability of one person fulfilling all those is an infinite impossibility. But with God, all things are possible. And Jesus came, and what he did this week, it was to fulfill all the laws and the prophets. Everything that was happened, everything that was said, was all coming to this fulfillment in this final week of Jesus' life here on earth. Verse 6. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. Let's just praise God for that. Amen. (laughs) Praise God that we can hear his voice even this day. We can hear his voice through the Holy Spirit, and we can obey the things that he tells us to go do. Because if you think about it for a second, it'd be like, is he asking me to go steal a donkey? Right? You're just like, you just, walked, you just walk up, see the donkey that I'm telling you is going to be there, and take it. But God's not a God who steals. God's got a plan and a purpose. And he talks to us through his Holy Spirit. And he leads us, and he guides us, and he asks us to be in communion with him. Verse 7. And they brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him, Jesus, on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down branches from the trees And spread them on the road. So just paint that picture for a minute. So here comes Jesus, he's coming into Jerusalem. People are literally taking off, like, you know, the robes that they have, and they're placing them on the ground, and they're cutting these palm branches off, and they're placing them on the ground. Do you understand what a palm branch signifies? It signifies goodness and victory, it celebrates victory. And again, the people who were there are thinking, here we go, baby, it's going to be good. Jesus is going to come marching into this town. He is going to blast the government. He is going to blast the king. He's going to blast all the leaders. He is going to come in and wipe this place out. He's going to set up his throne, and we are going to reign with him forever. That's all true, but they got the timing wrong. They got the timing wrong. He wasn't coming to do that yet. He was coming to do something else. And I want to look at what he was coming to do because it it just transforms how we see and how we look at this final week. So these palm branches signified goodness and victory. It was a foreshadowing which they did not quite understand. Verse 9. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now we sang that this morning. I don't even know if Sid knew that we were even looking at this verse this morning. But this is what it means. Save now. Hosanna means save us now. Save now. The people are crying out, save us now. And what they didn't realize is he was coming to save them. He was coming to save them, but he was going to save them by giving up his life to go to the cross and to make the ultimate sacrifice for you and for me. Verse 10. And when he had come into Jerusalem all the city was moved, saying, who is this? And if you look in the Gospel of Luke, we're not going to turn there, but in the Gospel of Luke, it actually says that Jesus cried. He began to weep over the city. And he wept over the city because in the midst of all this praise and all this adoration, he knew in his heart that it would not be long that the same people who were praising him as he was going to be the king were going to be some of the same ones who betrayed him the same ones who gave him up at the cross. His heart broke with the reality of how much they needed a Savior. His heart breaks for everyone who doesn't know him. And his heart breaks still today the same way it did 2,000 years ago. Verse 11 says, So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. You see, Palm Sunday reminds us that the reign of Christ is far greater. The reign of Christ is far greater than any mind of man could ever conceive or plan. Because what we want in our life is like, what do we want? We want victory right away. Come on, of course we do. Right? If my, if my knee hurts, I want to pray for it, and I want victory right away. I've got a relationship challenge, so something's going on, I just want to pray for it, and I want it to get better immediately. But God doesn't always work that way. Does he work that way sometimes? Of, sure, he works that way. But a lot of times there's a process which the Lord leads us through back to restoration, relationship restoration. You know, there could be years and years and years of challenges in a relationship. It doesn't get restored in an evening but it gets restored over time. And the beautiful thing is that Jesus begins to work in our hearts and in our lives, and he has this process that he works on the inside of us. This is the greatness of why we celebrate this week, because of Jesus' ultimate sacrifice to make all of that possible. Jesus said that I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And how many know that even on this earth... We have to die. We have to die to ourselves again and again and again and again. But I just did that yesterday. And again. You mean, this, you mean I have to go do that? You mean, yeah. Every day, the Bible says, daily. Pick up our cross daily. Die daily daily. It's something we have to do every day, not just on Sunday morning. We talked about this last week. Discipleship doesn't happen just on Sunday morning. It happens all through the week. It happens through relationships with each other. It happens through relationship with him. We have so much to be grateful for this week. The enemy knows that as well. Do you think that as you work through the stations of the cross... As you begin to press in more to the Lord and say, what do you have for me this week? Lord, show me, reveal to me, speak to me. You don't think the enemy's going to try to come against that? Oh, he will. He'll try. we got to put up that shield of faith. What does that do? That takes care of all the fiery darts from the enemy. So in this Holy Week, I pray that God will direct our thoughts and our attention towards the thing that matters most, Jesus Christ, our King. And so Jesus, he's comes in, paint the picture here, he comes in on the donkey, people are doing, you know, putting the palm branches down, everything's happening, everyone's super excited. They think he's going to just, boom, that's it. He's taken over government. He's taken over everything. And this is what he's going to go do. Let's pick up in verse 12. And let's look at the first thing that Jesus did in Holy Week after he entered Jerusalem. This is the very first thing that he did as he walks in. Verse 12. Then Jesus went into the temple. Uh oh. He didn't go to the Capitol building, he went to the temple. How many of you know the Bible also says we are temples now? We're also a temple, which means Jesus came to the church. He came to the peace. He came to the temple. He came to the temple of God, and what did he do? He drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple, and he overturned tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold the doves. He came in, and he started flipping tables. In the church, not in the capital. In the church, he went in and said, what is going on in my temple? And he began to take action. What happened in the temple is the same thing. It's the same thing a reflection of what we need to do this week in our own lives. Jesus came in and he removed the junk. He walked, he came in. And the first thing that he did, he's like, you know what? All this stuff has to go. What does he want for you in your life this week? He wants you to get rid of the junk. He's going to lead you and guide you to things that in your life that have to go. It can no longer stay. We, we sing that song, make room. Make room for Jesus. Make room, make room, make room. The only way to make room is if you get stuff out. Sid's thinking about having me on the worship team. I could see it in her eyes after I sang that just there. Mm. It's not even the right lyrics, and I know she knows that. <laughs> She's like, oh, Pastor Jesus. No. Listen, in order to make room, you've got to get rid of stuff that's there, that's taking up space. It's time to declutter, church. It's time to declutter the stuff in our lives that's blocking the blessings of Jesus happening in our lives. Our response in this Holy Week is to remove the junk, just like Jesus did. He came in, and he removed. That stuff wasn't supposed to be there. So I ask you this morning, what stuff is in your life that shouldn't be there? What lie are you believing that needs to go? Is it a lie that you're not good enough? Is it a lie that you're not strong enough? Is it a lie that you're not loved Is it a sin that God's been talking to you about in dealing with? What is the junk in your life? Now, as I said, this is a process. You may not be able to remove all the junk this afternoon. Anybody seen the show Hoarders? Right? Sometimes we're hoarding on to stuff in our life and it has to go. And a lot of times, if you've seen those places, you're like, well, that's not going to get done in a day. The same thing with our lives. There are things that we have to just begin, mo- just begin moving them out. And as you make space, you say, oh, look at that. There's some space for Jesus to come into my life and to work in that area. And then you move some more stuff out and he takes another step into your life and a little bit deeper. You're like, ooh, that one was a little more painful than the last one. And Jesus says, that's okay. I'm here with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Let's keep going a little bit deeper. And you keep getting in. And the stuff that's buried the deepest... It really is the hardest to get out. Right? That's just, it's the stuff that's been rooted in there for a long, long time. And it's the stuff that God says he wants to get. His goal is whole. We say that all the time. God's goal for us is wholeness. And what we have to do is allow him, make room for him to come in. And guys, I don't want you just to do it like gently. Gently. Can we just not do it gently? How did Jesus come into the temple? Mm, excuse me, everybody. I'm having a little bit of problem with the things that you are doing here. And would it be so kind if you could just pick up some of these tables and the things that you're selling, and if you could just gently, quietly move them out so we could make room? Yeah? No? No? He was like, and I'm not going to do it, I want to, right? He just starts flipping the tables, makes the whip, get out, everything, get out. I heard a story the other day, actually shared it with a couple of the guys, somebody posed a question, and they said, who wins in a fight, the smart one or the crazy one? Yeah, it's the crazy one. The crazy one's the one that wins in the fight. Now, hmm, let me think about this for just a minute. I'm going to systematically decide during this fight if I should block left or right. No, it's the one who goes like, wow, goes crazy, and you're just like, what is going on, right? And look, my dad, God rest his soul, he, he passed away last year, but he taught me, he, and he was a street fighter, God bless him, and a boxer and a marine. So like, I don't have a whole lot of that on the inside of me, but th- praise God for Jesus. In his life and transformation of generational challenges. And I'm an example of that. However, totally different message. So my dad was, he was one, of, he was like, he wasn't much bigger than me. He was a little bit stronger. And I don't think he ever lost a street fight. He would beat up people who were 300 pounds because he was crazy. <laughs> crazy. He was like, how do you win the fight? You hit first and you go crazy. That's what he did. He's like, Jason, this is what you do. I'm like, i about peace you know <laughs> blessed are the peacemakers i thought the bible said right and so god, god bless him my dad was a peacemaker but i would see hints of that but who wins in a fight the crazy could we get a little crazy about the stuff that's in our life and stop being like so kind and gentle to the crap that's in our life and say you know what now is the time to get it out let's get a little crazy and move some of this stuff out of our lives I'm tired of dealing with this, and I'm tired of it, and I'm not going to take it anymore and start flipping the tables. Start writing down on a piece of paper and start flipping the paper out of the way. I'm done with this. I'm tired of this. I am loved. I am enough. I am good enough. The sin that you're dealing with, write it on a piece of paper, start tearing it up, say, because of Jesus, I can conquer this sin. Let's get a little crazy during Holy Week. Come on. He paid the price for us. He paid the price. He went to the cross to die for our sins so we can have an eternal relationship with God forever, for all of eternity. Let's get excited about that. Say, Lord, do more of my life. I'm getting rid of this junk. It's time to remove the junk from our life. Everything not of him, we have to make a decision that it has to go. Some of us, including me, probably got a lot of things we got to get rid of, right? You're all thinking about your things now. Mm, ooh, ooh, ooh. You say, my list is too long. Well, my list is long too. But start with something. Start with something. Get crazy over that thing and say, you know what, I'm tearing this lie down. I'm tearing this stronghold down. By the blood of Jesus and the words of my testimony, we will overcome. We begin to tear it down. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We wrestle what? Not against flesh and blood, against principalities and powers of darkness. So our battle, our craziness, yeah, let's rip that stuff out of there and let's get crazy against the enemy. Not against each other. Let's start getting a little bit upset. Let's go win a fight against the enemy this week, amen? Let's punch him in the nose and then go crazy on him with scriptures and prayers, so, you got no place in my life. You got to go. I'm tired. You got to go. You've been parked here too long. You're out. I'm clearing the place. I'm making room. I'm removing the junk. Get out. Time to go. Verse 13. So he's done flipping the tables, getting out the junk, and then he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Our response here is to begin to pray continuously. we got to remove the junk, but we got to fill it with something. We have to have a relationship with Jesus. We have to invite him into the space. It's, it's one thing to just remove the stuff, and then you just let it open. The Bible says if you leave it open, other things begin to come. You've got to replace it with something. you got to say, Lord, I need you. And I mean pray continuously. I don't mean to be on your knees 24-7. Because that's not good. I mean, if it calls you to do it, do it. Maybe for like a day. But praying continuously when I get up, I'm in communion with the Lord. When I'm driving to work, I'm in communion with the Lord. When I'm at work, I'm communion. When I'm with my kids, I'm in communion with the Lord. And it's this constant sense of, you know what, Lord? I make this space available for you. This house is a house of prayer. These temples are a house of prayer. This is our response to that, is we need to pray continuously. If, we have to, if we've got to do the Lord's Prayer every day, we've done that teaching before, whatever it is, and we read in this, this morning in our, in our Bible verses, if you're reading with us, the sun stood still. Talk about a powerful prayer. sun stood still, come on. So the junk is removed, you're inviting him in, you're praying, you're having a relationship with him, then verse 14 comes. It's a process. Verse 14 then shows up, then, I love that, then. So these things happened, then this happened. The junk was removed, we begin to pray and commune with God, make ourselves a house of prayer, then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Whoa. You mean that the Bible is showing me that if I begin to remove some junk in my life and make a commitment to remove them, and I begin to pray and commune with God, that he then comes in and he begins to heal in my life? Yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's what I want us to be thinking about this week. As we're going in, our response here is to run to Jesus with everything. This is our response. Lord, heal me. Help me. Show me. Guide me. Lead me. I don't know what it is that you're praying for, whatever it is that you need. But when that junk begins to get removed and we make space for him and he begins to come into our life, he's the healer. Not me, not you. He's the healer. So if we make room for him and we invite the healer in and the healer begins to make a place in our life, of course we're going to be healed. And a lot of times the healing doesn't exactly happen as we all want it to. Sometimes his healing is a process. Sometimes it's immediate. And he doesn't, I'm not just talking about physical healing. I'm talking about all different types of healings and challenges that we have. Our response is to run to Jesus with everything everything. I got a new baby. Run to Jesus. I lost my job. Run to Jesus. Not indeed.com. That's like a resume place for jobs. I thought that'd be funnier. Nobody responded. Yeah. (laughs) Monster. I don't know. Where do people look for jobs? I don't know anymore. Google it. Yeah, that's what it is. Google it. We had a funny story. One of my uh, girls, she's in fifth grade, and she had a take-home test for social studies or something like that. And it was just like, what do you do when you you need to do this? Oh, you look at a bibliography. What about this Well, you look in a dictionary? What about this? And And they're going through these answers of all these types of things where you can get information. And in the other room, I'm like, where do you get that information? Google. What happens if I need to? Yeah, the answer to all the questions on her tests are Google. You know, but I don't think the teachers wanted to hear that. Anyway, but what I'm saying is, it's like, hey guys, look. We need to run to him with everything, not to Google. We need to run to the word of God with everything. I have a challenge, Lord, I'm running to you. What does your word say about it? What scriptures can I stand on? Yeah, you know, I'm removing that lie that I've been believing or that sin, but I just keep the feeling that temptation, those challenges. What word of God are you going to replace it with and run to him with everything? You got to make, if you're making room, you've got to replace it with something. Far better than what you got rid of. And this right here is far better. Far better. Our response is to run to Jesus with everything. And if you look at that verse, it says, And the blind and the lame came. So who came? The blind. And the Greek word for that blind there literally means sight, but also mentally, physically and mentally blind. Do you know that? It wasn't just blind eyes. It was those who were blinded to the things of God. Not just physically blind, but actually spiritually blind. To certain things. And he, and he actually, he came, to, he healed those who were blind and those who were lame. And here's what I find interesting. Unless somebody can show me differently, there is no blind eyes being opened in the Old Testament. There's miracles, there's a lot of them. But there were no blind eyes being opened. But in the New Testament, with Jesus, he is the eye opener. He is the one who restores sight to the blind, to those who can't see. How many of you have seasons in life and have been in a place where you can't see straight? We've all been there. But when we invite Jesus into that situation, he's the one who clears our eyes. He's the one that shows us when we were blind to something, blind to a lie, blind to an issue, blind to a sin, blind to whatever it was. He is the one who opens our eyes. Worship team, if you want to come back up here, please. We don't always do this, but today we're going to end with a song. And we're going to end with the same song we did the very last one during our worship set, which is King of Kings. Because what we're asking Jesus to do is something only he can do. We're asking him to open our eyes. We're asking him to do things in our life that only he can do. But with God, all things are possible. With him, all things are possible. And so as we enter into this last week of Jesus' ministry on this earth, my challenge to myself and to all of you is to remove the junk. Remove the junk, but don't do it politely. Think about Jesus flipping the tables, removing the junk. Saying, I'm tired of this or that or this lie, and it's time to remove the junk. And to begin to pray and say, Lord, I invite you into this situation. I invite you into this situation. Help me, lead me, guide me. And I want us to run to him. Run to him. The healer, the restorer, the one who gives hope, the one who changes lives, the ones who opens up eyes, the ones who opens up ears, run to him. So stand with me this morning. We're going to sing this song, and I'm going to ask you something. As we sing this song, If you are saying, you know what, Pastor Jason, I'm taking this seriously this week. I'm committed to run to him. I'm committed to remove the junk. I'm committed to pray to him. I'm committed to see him move and change. In my life, I want you to come up front. Because if you're going to get crazy about something, church, you might as well start now. You might as well start where you're feeling a little bit of emotions about it. You might as well start not Monday morning when you're tired and groggy and say, Lord, I'm going to run to you. Run to him now. Run to him on this Sunday, on this Palm Sunday. Whatever it is, your issue, your your lie, your hope, your challenge, run to him this morning. I'm not going to come up here and pray for all of you. I'm going to be up here standing with you because I'm running to the King of Kings today, this morning, April 10th, 2022, Palm Sunday. It's all about him. And this is where I'm going today. Our healer, our redeemer. You love us. You love us. sign today, Lord. The no vacancy sign.
0: heaven, for the kingdom of God. So church, I challenge you as you do these things, don't settle for just these little things that you're willing to, okay, I know I need to do, not do this. Get with him and say, get it all, get it all, God. I'm willing to suffer so that you can get it all so that generations coming will not know these things ease that we're after. It's not easy. Get with him and say, God, though you slay me, I will yet trust you. Get it all, God. And church, the second thing is you are not called to do this alone. And some of us hate that. I just want to do my bit in private. I'm good with Jesus, me and Jesus. we But you know you're going slower than it needs to go. You're suffering ties to what we were taught weeks ago that we need to confess not to everybody but to one bring them in trust them trust them and bring them into the battle say I've got a heavy table and I want you to flip it with me this is my guy and you know for a while that was enough and then the Lord began he began to draw me out I needed a her and I struggled to trust all the hers (laughs) And he began to bring women into my life that I could say, hey, I have this table. It's a heavy table. Will you flip it with me? Will you stand with me? And will you still love me when you see how awful it is? And most of the time they'd look at me like, I have a table that's like that too. Help me. I'll I'll help you flip yours, you help me flip mine. This process isn't alone. We are the church. We are the church. We are the church. to magnify Jesus we exist to glorify him and to show his his glory to the world his love that they might come into trust and then obedience church it is love first then it is trust and then it is obedience
1: better than at the beginning because of your goodness and your faithfulness and what you're doing and working in our lives. So Father, we thank you for that this morning. We praise you for it. You are bringing new relationships of people together to flip tables together, to confess to one another so that healing can happen. Lord, we just thank you that you are the healing God. The God who heals. The God who heals. Thank you. Lord. Thank you. Lord. Thank you. Lord. I'm just going to read just a scripture or two here before I close. Just bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives all your iniquities and who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So your youth is renewed. says, but Jesus looked at them and said with men it is impossible every one of you has run up here this morning, with men it's impossible on your own strength it's impossible but not with God for with God all things are possible so Lord we're just putting up a no vacancy sign today this is your place your temple house. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to have some prayer teams that will be up front. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, if you've never accepted him into your life, or maybe you've been far away, or maybe there's something you had this morning that you came running up here for, and you want to stick around for a few more minutes, there's teams of people that will pray with you this morning. They'll lay hands on you. They will agree with you. They'll do whatever. They'll just begin to minister into your life. So I encourage you to come up here this morning. And Let me read this benediction as we leave out of Revelation. Just receive this today. It says, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins, in his own blood has made us kings and priests, To his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen and amen. Have a wonderful, blessed week.